Welcome to Voices. My name is Ian Hunter, and I talk to people. Joining me today is Darius Wallace. Hailing from Flint, Michigan, he calls Memphis, Tennessee home, and is an actor, writer, director, and teacher. We talk about the ups and downs of the film and television industry, the vocal dynamics every actor should have, and a hopeful vision for a creative future. Stick around. Does it? Thank you for being here, man. <laughs> oh no problem. This is—I um, mean—I'm just kind of blown away. The Craig. Why do I think Craig built this? Is this his? No, I don't think his office is down the hallway, mm-hmm. and um, he's blessed the chair a few weeks ago too. Yeah, so I got to talk that. to him. Um, mm-hmm. But this building is so cool, man. It's just such—it's like everything. It's everything yeah. in one, and you mm-hmm. can run into anybody down there at the atrium. Yeah. Uh, and the coffee uh, lobby lounge. So I'm. I'm always blown away by it. I'm glad to have a a pro voice man in the in the chair in front of me. Thank you. Oh well, hopefully. <laughs> Darius Wallace, actor extraordinaire. Are you from here? No, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Flint, but I've, that's right. Yeah, I've been here for a long enough to to say that I'm from here. Even though it seems like everywhere I go, I'm somewhat of a a guest or a stranger or a visitor. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, and you split your time between pretty evenly or are you mostly in atlanta for acting um, work acting and voiceover work right I, I would say yes i would say that right now um i do more here in new york than atlanta okay even though i've booked some things out of atlanta um so really atlanta is still a new new territory for me mm-hmm. because most of the work that has come is either come in the southwest southeast or um the uh new england area and you have agents in each of those regions or i do i have an agent in nashville an agent in um, new york and um actually i don't have an agent in atlanta but my new york agent is now has has um connected with an agency in atlanta so through them i'll have an agent in atlanta awesome I first met you probably over 10 years ago. Maybe longer I think than that. it was at an acting. <laughs> it was probably at an acting workshop and or slash something to do with Brandon Hutchinson, a local filmmaker who is currently out in L.A. But um, yeah, I do remember seeing you around the, the acting community and attending some classes in, I think, Playhouse. Yeah. Too. And, um, you know, one of the things that stood out about you that I remember and think that you always told me is that... Um, it's time to come out of your shell was what you told me because I was, you know, kind of low key and, 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 and kind of undertones. And so one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is, is to come out of that shell. Oh, wow. And I think great. some sliver of that was a remembrance of you telling me that. <laughs> uh, and then we did those vocal, vocal, uh, vocal exercises and things. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. So this gives me an opportunity to work on that. Yeah. Work on listening, talking, conversationals, because I really like this format. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, there's something about audio. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's in love with like video and YouTube and all that stuff, but right. conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that uh, exercise you did? Was it New York? Unique New York? <laughs> How does that go? Yes, Unique New York. So that helps with 
Well, um, unique New York. Yeah, when it, when it comes down to acting voiceovers, you know, your mouth uh, needs working out like your muscles. Uh, they can get tight too. Yeah. And so, so the mouth, not just the vocal cords, like a yeah. singer would. Right. Yeah. You just need regular talking. That's right. Yeah, you need that. So the articulation helps you, you know, helps you uh, work on those things. And, you know, it helps you become more clear clarity, which actually makes you more valuable in the marketplace. Believe it or not, the clearer you are, the more valuable you are. Really? So articulation is important, but, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean you have to talk a certain way. It just means you have to be understood. Right. I think a lot of people assume that you have to be sort of outgoing and, and um, whatnot. Obviously, a lot of actors are not. Uh, their yeah. natural demeanor is not, but they still have to bring it. Yeah, yeah. You when when they call up. action or hit record, you still have to step up and project. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's a great attribute, though. You can be who you are back in the world, but, you know. And I think everything blends over, right? You, your personality, a part of you always bleeds over into the work, but. Yeah. Speaking up and clearly and that stuff is... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm an introvert, actually. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm much more of an introvert than what people know. I think people who have known me for a long time know that I'm an introvert, but I'm truly an introvert introvert. <laughs> yeah, and I have, what does that even mean? I, I have a problem with, a part of me has a problem with those labels that kind of mm -hmm. came out of nowhere. It probably came out of some linguist or, or social <laughs> scientist, and then it just stuck like everything else we use today. Obviously, yeah. there's parameters and gray areas. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you're making the point that you are, but your work can be something else because that's yeah. not you. It's a character or mm -hmm. a voice or something. And then you can, I mean, the thing is, too, you can develop. Like, um, I've developed myself in a way where I'm much more out of my shell than I ever was, and and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. However, you know, I, there, there comes a point in time where I'm just not in the space to be that way. Yeah. <laughs> And so I go, I go within, but I, I actually enjoy that part of myself though. You could just leave the work, you know, hang up your hat and go back to, yeah. to doing your thing. Yeah. Were you always performing as a, as a kid or was it something that came later? Came later. Um, as a kid, when I was little, little, I was okay with, you know, I, I think I discovered I wanted to be an actor then. Yeah. But, um, as a matter of fact, it was Bruce Lee that, actually made me want to be an actor really yeah that's funny you mentioned that i i, I also was so into him oh, and, yeah. and van damme yeah and i was yeah, like yeah. i was certain as a 14 year old this is what i want to do yeah i wanted to be an actor but it was more geared towards the martial arts thing i yeah my dream was to be a martial arts star i mean yeah. that's really and i still there's a film that i'm um producing that I, that we're getting the funding for that's going to have some martial arts in it. So really? it'll be my first moment to, to, you know, to have that dream come. It's not a martial arts movie though, but it'll have some fighting in it. Um, yeah. But when I was seven, I wanted to be like Bruce Lee. And so I did one act, but when I became after puberty, that's when I went completely silent, but really? I still had this desire to, to do it. And, um, you know, I was, I was this size at 13. Wow. And I was practicing martial arts. So I got involved with gang life, in Flint, Michigan. And, um, what got me out of it was theater. You know, the, my a vice principal told me, he gave me an ultimatum. You have to go this way yeah. and go to jail or you go this way and do what you love to do. I decided to do theater. And, um, that's when my 
shell got broken and I started to kind of slowly come out of myself, you know? Yeah. Um, out of your shell. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up in Flint. Yeah. That's street cred, man. <laughs> yeah, was that, it, that that era, was it, um, I guess when you grew up, everything was still healthy industrial-wise there, like... Uh, no, uh, no, it was... It was, um, it was factories and unions yeah, it was, and... It was a break that, well, in the 70s it was like that, but in the 80s is when it all broke down. Mm -hmm. And really, the violence that's happening you know, here in Memphis, Yeah, that's, it just reminds me of Flint when I was growing up. That's how it was back then. It was right. just anything could pop off at any time, any place you yep. didn't know, and you had to be prepared all the time. Was that because industry pulled out mm -hmm. or was that because of what seems to be our issue is more of a, a social, a socio-cultural kind of thing, um, community and, and whatnot? Uh, you know, we weren't, we have healthy industry, but a lot of those towns and then you obviously you look at Detroit, which was so heavily dependent upon the auto industry. Mm -hmm. Stuff just kind of fell apart when they closed or moved out. Or, and then as a result, you have other things that rise like crime. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think every city's the origins of it are different, but I think the mechanism is there. Yeah. Um, I think in those days, um, probably a little bit of both. The only thing I can be really conscious of was the fact that, that it was a town that relied heavily on GM. Yeah. And when GM left, so did a lot of jobs. And I think things started to, to break down uh, from there. And then your folks moved out of there or you? Moved Eventually out? they moved out in the, in, in the early nineties okay. and then I followed, but I went to LA for a while, New yeah. York for a while. And then I actually gave up acting. <laughs> I gave up acting, uh, came here, started working for FedEx. Okay. <laughs> And um, and then a few years later, because I was waking up out of my sleep, reciting monologues, it's like, it's got back into it. Yeah, <laughs> the Lord's trying to tell me something. Yeah, so I got back into it. Yeah, and you've been obviously involved with local stuff over the years. Of course, yeah. you know the issue is always we could do more, we could have more. We lose a lot of productions mm -hmm. to. Uh, talked with Craig about this. Unfortunately, we just lose a lot of productions to Louisiana or the Carolinas or Nashville, Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're always striving. We have good people in place with the film commissioner, all that. It's just a tremendous environment for, for film on the film front, you know, just as an environment, so. a natural environment, a city so. environment. So hopefully that'll improve. And then there'll be in turn a lot more work for actors and things. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, you've worked on a lot of stuff here. Yeah, almost on everything that's come through. I would say the Young Rock so far yeah. is the only one I really haven't been a part of. <laughs> have so you been auditioning? Uh, yeah. As I, as I have? Yeah, I have. Yeah, 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 I probably put like eight or nine or ten, ten auditions in. Nothing yet, but yeah. they're probably tired of seeing my mug at this point. But <laughs> it's like, okay, well, whatever. It's just a timing thing. And yeah, I think with casting, there's just some mystery there. You just never know. It really is a fluke, you know, either they'll get a gut feeling or they don't or you know yeah it's um, um yeah it's hard to you just it's hard to know, know. Yeah, all you can hard. do is step up and try to kill it in that audition video or in person you know yeah that's right and have a good rep um that's important i, I assume you would agree to have an agent and yeah especially in a region like this uh yeah that and um then also to some of the bigger markets it helps a whole lot you don't have to wait on it though you can submit yourself yeah, a lot of those sites. Mm -hmm. You can submit yourself. 
A lot of them, I find them to be very cumbersome, though. They're just very complex. Uh, uh, you know, casting networks, actors' access. It just there's just something. I, I feel like they could be a lot more simplified and, mm-hmm. and 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 concentrated, almost like almost like an app or like a social media network. The way, like, say, Instagram is set up, or you know, very simple. You have your profile, you have your reel, and then you have a, like this kind of interwoven connection to other actors and even maybe name actors mm-hmm. kind of like twitter in a way but oh like a yeah but you know just very and then have it very straightforward um to where you can be booked you know your your agent will link into it um i don't know quite how it would work yet but i, I just think these some of these websites are stuck in the <laughs> the early days of the of the uh the internet design wise so um mm-hmm. Just making it more efficient, but I think there's always going to be that mystery, though. You know, like who, who's going to get this? Who's going to get this part? What are they going to feel? How's it going to? And then once you start working, you know, the uh, the levels of that. Like, I think it's a, it's just there's mystery around it, especially the fame thing. You just don't know. It's like or musicians. You know, you could you could shoot up there, and or you could be playing on Bill Street for 40 years, and, and, and you're both hustling, and you're both doing the thing, you're both putting true. out quality music. It's just this, um, yeah. I don't know, like I said, mystery. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I, I, I encourage to create your own content until, uh, let, you know, Ice Cube says something a long time ago. He says, I get my friends together, and we all make a movie, and whatever Hollywood gives after that is gravy. And that always hit hit home with me, you know, um, the idea like what you're doing here, you know, um, creating a podcast that puts your skills to work for you, um, you know, creating your own content as to film or theater. You know, I do one person shows, yeah, which, you know, quite frankly, has kept my family alive for so many years having a one person show. Wow. You know, so I, I think that I'm an advocate for creating your own content and not waiting or, or relying upon what sometimes can be casino odds, which is, you know, the audition. Now it didn't yeah. have to be, there's a way to shrink everything. There's a method to making it easier for, for casting directors to, to book you because they need help too. They mm-hmm. have a problem that you possibly can solve, but there's like a formula to help that, that happen that can help decrease the, the odds or increase your odds rather, um, to being able to book. So, yeah. And then obviously the advent of, 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 of YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know, social media, that's how a lot of people are getting discovered and they're true. just doing their thing. And then they get for lack of a better expression, plucked from obscurity. That's right. And not everybody's looking for that. You know, they just want to put out their work and, mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, or like Cube said, you know, everything else is ex- external to that or a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that avenue to just, everything's pretty much wide open now. Yeah. Um, there's almost no excuse to not create. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, there is that. Obviously, there's that avenue. And a lot of people have kind of had opportunities and blown up as like singers and things. But not that's not everybody's aim. You know, some people just want to be a working true musician or actor and um you know that's good if they get some other opportunity that's that's great ultimately we're all doing the same thing regardless of what what level or what you know however far or or big um so to speak we get it's all about it's just one community right right yeah that's right 
Do you find as you got older, they say when you get older, you kind of cross this threshold where you you become less the, the student or you do less and you become more of like a, a teacher or a mentor. Mm-hmm. Was that interesting? Because you've always taught in your adult life, right? Yeah. Do you find that you're just more wizened now? Or, or do you feel like a larger uh, shift in how you relate to others and can uh, pass knowledge to others? Um, I, th- I think so. I would say that it's in me to want to, you know, give knowledge. But I think in this stage of my life, what I've learned is how much I don't know (laughs) and how much I'm feeling more like a student, to be honest, more like I'm learning. I feel like a college student in a lot of ways where I'm, you know, learning, uh, constantly learning new things and new areas of storytelling. Yeah. Um, And some I'm passing, some I'm failing. But I'm learning. And I think that it is is making me a better because I do enjoy teaching. You know, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy coaching. So I think it's making me better in that respect. But Mm -hmm. I like the idea that I feel more like a student now than I ever have. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very Zen thing, too. (laughs) Well, they would say that's the path, right? That's that's the, um, you know, the the opposite of arrogance or hubris and just always learning. Yeah, always learning. Yeah. Um, perpetually. Yeah. We're, we're students until death, I guess. <laughs> I think so, man. You know, it's it's a, you know, there's a painful piece to, to learning. There's a discomfort in being in the unknown and, you know, where you know you're not where you really want to be. But um, also, too, there's a uh, excitement, you know, a yeah. joy, um, as, especially as you get better or you gain you know, the real gaining of knowledge is the actual doing it, some kind of a expertise of, of doing it where you yeah. really feel, wow, I, I really know how to do this now kind of a situation. So, Yeah, and I think there's a difference of not being where you want to be and being where you should be because if you're, if you're already in the game, then you're doing the thing. Like, right. You might not be where you want to be, but a lot of people don't want to even venture into the game and then they want to complain from the sidelines that I'm not where you know, I want to be or should be, but you have to take that. <laughs> you you do. You got to do the thing, right? Yeah. And it, it doesn't, you know, somebody said this to me before. It, it's it, He's the same guy said two things. He says, only going to get better for you. It's only going to get better for you. But then also, too, he said, it's no better than this. <laughs> in other words, you know, when you when you get to a certain place in your career, you're always going to be thinking you need to be further along. No matter mm-hmm. how accomplished you are, you're always going to be thinking you you want to be here, even though you're here. And when you look back at everything you've done, you realize, oh, my God, I've been doing it. You know, I've been making it happen. Yeah. But there's still that place of you want more. And so it doesn't just because you get more doesn't mean you're going to then be free of wanting more. Yeah. But at the same time, he also says, a mentor of mine said, um, it only gets better, you know. And so there's a space where, you know, you have gained some knowledge, you've gained some experience, you've gained some accomplishments, but it's only going to get better. Yeah. Like a stagnant scale. You are scaling, but you're in the same place. Right. You're the same person. I was listening to this tech talk yesterday. It's talking about how we become different people. Techni- like biologically, you're a different person than you were mm-hmm. in the past or in the future. Mm-hmm. And how the decisions we make 
today we assume that we'll make them from the same place in the future, but mm -hmm. it's almost like this mirage, you know, whether it's a tattoo or wedding vows, you're making a promise that your future, that basically a stranger will have to, to keep in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that was fascinating how we're so certain yeah. when we're locked into this moment. And then the wanting thing. Yeah, I guess that's just a human trait. You just always yeah. want it. I talk about that with wealth building too. It's like you're hustling, you're doing it, you're doing it. And then suddenly you realize you're, you're you, you pretty much made it, but then you still want more that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's just the nature is growth. You know, yeah. we're built to grow and constantly grow. And um, so I think that there's something in us that drives us to continue to grow. I think that that's really what that is. Um, it could turn on us, you know, it could turn into greed or, yeah, you know, but I think ultimately it's designed to help us continue to grow. Yeah. And we seek novelty too. Mm -hmm. um, was your working um, interrupted by or, or uh, even spurred on by COVID? Did you have a dip there? Was that a, did you shift more to vo vocal stuff? No, actually, ironically enough, it picked up. Yeah. That's how stuff happens, doesn't <laughs> it? Picked it picked up like crazy, which... Uh, opposites, contrasts. Man, I, those were like big years for me as an actor. <laughs> I, it's the weirdest thing. I mean, it... It is. Um, it was It was scary at first, but only to a certain point, because I, I didn't know it was going to last long. I thought it was two months tops. I didn't anticipated being two years plus um so i wasn't worried at first um and i don't think i had a chance to get into a space of anxiety and worry because the work started yeah. to come in it came in in a different way but it came in yeah it's it's weird how that happens uh, sometimes people thrive in, in chaos or sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes people get maybe that's a weird kind of a um, kind of a paradox thing. The the nature of this job is so unstable. When when an unstable moment arrived, you had stability. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. You know, I I I do believe in the idea that we can create our future. Um, I think in creating it, it may turn out to still be different than what we had envisioned because I believe that there's a force that does more for us. Yeah. Than what we're creating but i think um you know a lot of actors including myself have deal with i think anxiety you know there's a anxiety epidemic um depression and anxiety and i think that that anxiety grows from so much of the unknown you know what i mean yeah um and there's so many things questions that are there's more questions than answers there's more unknowns than knowns and so um I would discover this idea of, you know, if you want to know your your future, create it. And that gives you somewhat of a sense of um, power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a plan, goals, uh, perimeters, having, having a vision for something. And you don't, it's never going to turn out exactly the way you. Right. But that's a good thing. If you, mm -hmm. There's a level of surrender there. There's a level of surrender um, and power. It's like, there. you know, <laughs> God. The universe, whatever you're surrendering it to, will be like, okay, I see what you, I see your little, I see your little thing that you want. Mm -hmm. You'll go ahead and give it to me, and I'm gonna give it back to you. But it's gonna be in a larger, yes, uh, you know, it's gonna be uh, something different. I think so. It's yeah. gonna be what you wanted, but it's gonna be, uh, you know, the way I operate. It's gonna be a more 
a magnificent thing. Even even in film, which is very much a director's medium, you know, you mm-hmm. know what you want. You're going in there. Obviously, some directors are gatherers, some or some are hunters. They mm-hmm. they know what they want, but they they have it in their head pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but even those guys have got to surrender because they've got to give it to somebody. They've got to. You've got to interpret it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to trust them to direct you, but. All these little elements, the director has to rely on the actors, you know, the lighting, uh, production design, music, all that. It's going to be in the ballpark of what they want. It's not going to be exactly. But that's how things uh, come to life, you know. I think so. I think that there is this other beauty of surrender, like you were saying, and being okay with being powerless. Um, Because then you're relying upon another, you're trusting another force to move into place. Because there are going to be those moments where you're really in the unknown. You're way out into the ocean, walking on water, and <laughs> the land is nowhere to be found. And waves are, you know, this, you're going to have those moments where things, it feels like the whole earth is going to fall from under you. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, you know, it, in that sense, there has to be something that you, some kind of faith or trust or something to help guide you through that period. Because... That's a very, very real period, I think, in life in general, but definitely a very real period for an artist. Yeah. When you're out there in the storm, you know, that's when change is, is brewing, you know, things are things are happening. If we could just always keep that in mind, it's tough mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, <laughs> it can be tough. <laughs> Especially an unpredictable thing like a pandemic. Like, yeah, that was, um, you know, once a hundred years or whenever that happens, uh, it, it, you really your survival instincts kick in no it, doubt no doubt and it was an equalizer like you could have been sitting nice and wealthy and stuff's you know your anything could have happened you could have been sick and so it it was it was interesting how it affected everyone yeah no doubt about it uh, no the whole about world it. do you go back to michigan at all you got I, people I there do. i do i haven't been back in a while has flint changed a little bit okay. um the downtown area it's a lot of gentrification downtown oh, area oh yes yeah, a ton of that there downtown areas changed a lot school systems are completely different now a lot of the high schools that i grew up with are gone they're completely gone oh, really? uh, a lot of um charter schools and you know so yeah a lot of building and yeah. rebuild are there still elements of the auto industry there or factories yeah. or? there is okay. um there actually i think there's a new one that opened up so there's there are new jobs coming through um, and I think there's more to come. I, th- I think that there's a grand plan in the next decade. Like Detroit has had a rejuvenation. And I think it's going to spread into the metro area, which would include Flint. So hopefully there's hope on the horizon for my hometown. Yeah. So what does Memphis mean to you then? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Memphis has really adopted me uh, as its son. You know, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, theater and um, you know, support, artistic support, financial support through theaters that actually pay mm-hmm. there, you know, there's fan base and audience and people that know of me that are very, very supportive. And, um, you know, I've created my one person show here. I produced my first film here. I've booked as an actor here, you know? Yeah. So Memphis, um, has meant a lot to me, actually. You know, so where I started my family here, um, you know, I have a, a pretty deep history with the city now. Yeah. So, you know, Memphis, uh, I'm grateful for what Memphis has brought into my life. Um, you know, so very appreciative. Yeah. It's quite a city, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, 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 it feels like home base, you know. You can be here and then you can go and travel and go do your thing and kind of come back and put your feet up, you know. And True. The, yeah. the friendships and community and things, I think, come a bit easier here. And, I think so. Um, and you can, you know, nowadays you, you can just be where you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really go to a big mega city anymore to get your foot in the door, you know, especially True. with like tapings and, um, you know, submissions and things like that. True. If you have an agent. Um, mm-hmm. And then with the um, YouTube stuff or online, if you just create your own thing, obviously that can go anywhere. Yep. It can go around the world. It's true, man. Um, but yeah, we're still in a good place. Cost of living. <laughs> oh, cost of living is so low here compared to yeah. other places. Um, I, I do hope that, that there's more opportunities that happen here in Memphis for yeah. artists. And um, I also hope, I think my biggest hope, man, is... Um, that artists will be paid what they're worth. Yeah. Um, that artists can make a living and and take care of their families. The artists that do have families. That I would say that that would be my hope for Memphis. That there would be more opportunities for artists to make a living in such a way that they can just focus on their art, what they love to do. Right. Um, well, the cost of living thing is is I think a piece of that puzzle because if you're not paying too much. Mm-hmm. You can kind of uh, spend more time on that, but you're sure. saying to just to be professionally paid and be sustainable and and do so. mostly that which you want to do, which is your work, versus having to hold down 15 jobs or something to hustle I, that kind of thing. I think I think so, um, man. Um, I, I've it's two friends of mine, one a filmmaker, one an actor that passed away, and I think neither one of them had insurance. You know what I mean? Um, and when I think about the talent that they possessed. Um, and what they gave to the city, they should have had insurance, mm-hmm. but they were struggling as artists and they were working several jobs and none of which was enough to help them have, you know, the insurance that they needed. Uh, this was before, you know, Obamacare and everything. Yeah. So I, um, I do. And then there's a lot so much talent here that's worthy of, you know, the kind of pay that it, it deserves. Um, it's something that's always been on my heart that, um, you know, artists would be paid and not just, um, we, we want to enjoy the art, but we also want the artists to be well taken care of to continue to create the art. Yeah. That's the, that's the ecosystem. Um, uh, and that's strange because we are such a creative town, you know, oh, yeah, there's just so many, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know the music thing gets but it, the attention, but there's, uh, it's multifaceted. It really is, man. It's amazing. I'm talking about like ceramic artists, you know, people who make things, so many things, pottery and obviously paint, um, mixed media. It kind of sucked that we lost our art school, but uh, right. I'm hoping that that will rise uh, to, if not the same entity or something else along that line. Sure. Along those lines, because um, that was a great thing for the city to have an art institution like that. Yeah, yes, most definitely. Um, so yeah, in addition to, you know, all the sports and, you know, building and things like that, I think the creative sector, and we do have great organizations, you know, there's mm-hmm. Arts Memphis and there's, uh-huh. uh, Art Space, Arts Lofts downtown, it, it caps the rent so that artists can kind of, you know, focus on their stuff and, uh, that's right. Um, and right downtown, you know, mm-hmm. really great area in South Main, they've got a, basically a new building and little loft spaces so they can, you know, work on their stuff and not pay pay too much what's your vision for the future are you just want to continue doing this or do you want to direct more um, that's a very good question i i i'm excited about the idea of storytelling mm-hmm. 
and um, I enjoy the idea of inspiring. Inspiration is really, really important to me. So um, my vision for the future really is to uh, do much more in the film and television world as an actor. Mm -hmm. I also enjoy speaking. Um, I've been finding myself doing that a lot lately. And then in the course of, you know, working on my career, continue to work on my career as an actor, um, producing, you know, independent films that I've either, I'm either directing or finding a director or writing or finding a writer and other actors, uh, like a a film that I'm, we're working on raising money for right now. Um, you know, is kind of in that vein. I'm not, I'm acting in it, but I didn't write it and I'm not directing it. I'm just helping produce it. Okay. Yeah. And we're building, um, I think a, a couple of studios here. There's a major one. And is it Whitehaven? Yeah. Um, that's pretty incredible Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. to have sound stages. I think that's another element to get back to what we were talking mm-hmm. about working locally. Yeah. Um, is to have a healthy uh, soundstage ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's open to others, but we can also, I think that'll motivate and inspire people here mm-hmm. to write and direct yep, and, right. uh, you know, people coming out of school or art school or what have you, um, so that'll be nice to have that hardware, yeah. Uh, so to speak. What are you working on right now? There's a movie called Damaged Goods that I'm working on with a young director, Daniel Farrow. He's okay. one. He's been nominated a few, won some awards for Indie Memphis. So I'm working on that with him. Uh, then there's, um, you know, I'm a solo performer. So there's several cities I'll be performing in in the winter. Uh, what is your solo act? It's several. It's one on Life of Frederick Douglass. I've been doing that for years. There's okay. a new show, though, called My Words Are My Sword, um, which um, did a world premiere in Portland with the Portland uh, Chamber Orchestra uh, last year. And it's, they're bringing me back this winter. Mm-hmm. And then a theater in Walla Walla, Washington, and then a couple of theaters in Maryland and Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., with their all of those cities' respective orchestras, or is it just Portland at the orchestra? Uh, just Portland is the orchestra. So you were working, you were speaking while they were mm-hmm. kind Performing. of a company. Wow, that's incredible! Oh yeah, it was, it's an amazing Who's, experience. Was that your idea to, to incorporate the orchestra, or were they? Not, not really. I've always wanted to do it, but um, mm-hmm. Yaki Ber- Bergman, um, who was a conductor, found out about me, and yeah. we started collaborating during uh, the pandemic. Okay. And, uh, you know, so he um, wanted to do, you know, do the music. He got a composer and um, the orchestra that he works with. And then I wrote the show and mm-hmm. and there it was. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, any other on-air vocal exercises you would like to do <laughs> that you could teach me? <laughs> well, there's there's plenty. Am um, I... Am I um, you know, am I winging it or am I getting better? What's going oh, you, you on? Well, I, I also feel like w- with this, you can kind of cheat it, you know, because it's right up on you. <laughs> so you don't have to, in a way, you don't have to project. You can just be your oh, normal, but you yeah. still have to to bring it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that uh, there, is a, there is a technique to voiceovers. I'm not really the one to teach that technique because I, that's not something that, even though I've done voiceovers that I focused on coaching mm-hmm. and teaching, but there is a, an art to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, to me, you're doing great. You're I think fine. it helps if you sit naturally in the lower register anyway, mm-hmm. because you, I just think that, I guess that lends better to audio uh, than being some like <laughs> high pitched or wacky kind of thing. Right. <laughs> um, cool. 
Well, thank you, brother. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you're yeah. busy. You're 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 all over the world. You're you're, you're doing <laughs> orchestral work. And um, thank you for the encouragement, and thank you for uh, having a sit down with me. Oh, no problem. And I hope to catch up with you again soon. Yeah, that'd be great. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. No problem. Thank you.